Bible tonight, turn with you to the book of Psalms, chapter number 55, chapter 55, I've enjoyed the good singing tonight, and it stirred my heart, refreshed me, God's been, this blessing is so good, I mean, he's just blessing us, say, well, I ain't felt nothing, well, just turn your little fan in the right direction, and uh, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a breeze. Amen. Amen. Brother Wayne Henderson preaches about clearing off the landing deck, getting a strip cleaned off, and God will drop a big payload in. He'll land a big one, big and right, just right on your soul. And uh, all right, get me on. Get me on. Psalms 55. And I appreciate, appreciate the ladies this afternoon, all the good food. And uh, they had me over in a little corner by myself. And I said, what are you doing over here by yourself? I said, you okay with ain't nobody counting calories? And I just eat all I want. And it was good. I, I tell you, ladies, you've done a superb job. Now, I don't know if you've heard the news or not, but we're we're in real trouble. If you had not heard the news yet, uh, it just come out a while ago, I got the call that uh, just today, I reckon it was, that Israel had broken all ties with the United States of America. Israel has broken all ties. We are in a mess. And we don't know what we're going to do. I called a preacher a while ago and I told him, I called Brother Sammy Allen and told him, he said, what in the world is it for, Brother Buster? Because that we sold arms to Saudi Arabia and I couldn't go no further. And I said, no, Brother Sammy. I said, the last time that Israel saw and heard a bush speak, they had to wonder 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> so, so the last time a bush... <laughs> Last time the bush spoke, they had to wander 40 years in the wilderness. So I, you can breathe a little sigh of relief. It ain't as bad as you think it is. And yet it may be worse than what we really think it is. But I want to say this, the Middle East is really clicking right on. I believe that that thing is getting ready. I mean, maybe this may be the last meeting we're ever in, brother. This thing's about said and done. We're soon to go home. But I appreciate the songs that were sung tonight and the way the Lord directed. And I want to share something with you that God gave me. This is something that God gave me in the month of June of this year. Now, I preached a lot on valleys. I preached a lot on storms. But June of this year, I hit the lowest place in my life spiritually that I've ever been. i just be honest. I don't know what all did happen. I just bottomed out. I got sick. I got sick physically. I was preaching for Brother Ralph Sexton on Sunday morning and Sunday night. And Brother Billy Kelly was down. It was their jubilee. And I had a great day, but I was sick physically. Coming back that night, was driving across the mountain in my left hand. I started having pain shooting down my arm. My fingers drew up, and I felt like I had a dump truck parked on my chest. And, and you know, man, you know exactly what that makes you think. Next day, I went to the doctor. Blood pressure out of sight. doctor said, you're about to collapse, son. He said, you've got to take a month off. I said, Doc, I can't take a month off. He said, you've got to take some time off. So I consented to take a week off. I had to call Waycross, Georgia, cancel a meeting. I had 50 weeks of meetings booked up this year, called and canceled that week. And uh, the devil had me convinced, I tell you, that ever seemed like every demon in hell and out of hell, and especially around Knoxville, came and camped on my doorstep and said, nobody don't care. Ain't nobody concerned about you. You bore the weight, and you've been concerned about others, but you're just, nobody cares. He had me having a pity party, me, myself, and I, that's who was invited, and I had my own pity party. 
And uh, listen, I was down. I'd sit out on the porch at night and I'd cry and weep. I didn't know what else was going on. Got to affecting me, got to affecting me mentally. I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. I didn't know what all was going on. But this was the deepest, darkest valley that I've been in since I've started preaching. But on Thursday night, Thursday night, God gave me some help in Psalms chapter 55. And it's around maybe 1 or 1.30 in the morning when God gave me this. It ain't nothing profound. But it's just what God gave me, and God, maybe God will use it tonight. This is the way he's directed me to try to help us with the preaching tonight. Would you stand tonight as we read Psalms chapter 55? Now let me just tell you where we're at right here in Psalms 55. When you get to this portion of Scripture, you'll find David is in great distress. David has been betrayed by a friend. If you read, we're not going to read that far, but if you read verse 12, 13, and 14, you'll find that it was one of his own acquaintances, a man his equal, one that he went to the house of God with, one that they took sweet counsel together. David said, I've been betrayed, and, and he's in such distress and anguish of soul. And let me say this right here, at this present time, David has been driven off the throne by his son Absalom. Absalom's on the throne in rebellion. David's having to run again. And he's been betrayed by one of his best friends. And this is when David pins down these words right here. Listen to verse 1. David said, Give ear to my prayer, O God. Hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. Here's where I was at. Man, I said, Lord, that's me. That's how I felt that night. That in verse 6, David said, and I said, oh, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempt us. That I want to quit reading now with verse 7 in that sequence of reading. But, but notice verse 16. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon, when I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Look at verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer of a righteous to be moved. You can be seated. Hallelujah. We done had prayer. Done prayed at the motel. Prayed here. Now, I want to preach for just a little while from this portion of Scripture, and I pray that God will help us here tonight. Now, David has is facing circumstances that, 
that are beyond his control. I mean, he's on the run. Absalom's on the throne. And he's been betrayed by a friend. Have you ever had a good friend to betray you? Have you ever been betrayed by a close acquaintance? One that you took sweet counsel together with? The heartache and breaks your heart. Here's David now. And man, David's come to such distress and such pain in his life. Notice with me, if you will, in verse 1, 2, and 3. Let me give you a brief outline, then I'll preach the message. Notice his prayer for defense. David begins to make a cry. He begins to make a plea here for defense. Notice he said, God, give ear to my prayer. Oh, God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Evidently, David fell in days gone by that God had seemingly hidden himself. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever got down to pray and you wanted to say, God, listen now. God, I want you to hear me. Don't hide yourself. Don't hide from my supplication. He said in verse 2, attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Now there's his prayer for defense. David said, God, I've got a complaint to give you. I've got a complaint to bring before you. And the Bible said, he said, I mourn and make a noise. Now David's got beyond an audible prayer. He's got beyond just talking with the lips. I can see him almost laying there. And he's moaning and groaning. And he's mourning in his complaint and making a noise. Oh, I said, Lord, give me something here. I got to reading in my study. I pulled out old Charles Haddon Spurgeon's book on Psalms. I said, let's see what Mr. Spurgeon said. And here's what he said from this portion right here. Spurgeon said, we may not complain. We may not complain about him, but hallelujah, we can complain to him. I said, amen. I have no complaints of him, friend. He ain't never failed me. He ain't never left me. He had never abandoned me. He had never forsaken me. I have no complaints of him, but I'm glad he'll listen to my little complaints. When I come before his presence, Spurgeon said that. Then he went on and said that David said, I mourn in my complaint and I make a noise. Spurgeon said, prayers that cannot be uttered are often prayers that cannot be denied. Amen. When you get to where you can't even pray, when you, oh, Lord, I sit in a meeting, listen to this. Now, loosen up and let go and listen to me for a little while. I was in a meeting just here a while back up in Kingsport, right out of Kingsport, Tennessee. And we had some boys from down the road at a little old home. And they came up there, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be, uh, I don't want you to take it the wrong way. I'm not trying to embarrass no boy, nobody. This boy, one boy was a mongoloid boy, and another one was blind, and they all had, you know, they had their handicaps, and that old boy. So we had prayer meeting that night, and that old mongoloid boy got down there, and, oh, God, oh, 
God, he said. Oh, I couldn't even begin to understand what he's just saying. I tell you, I know when somebody's ringing the prayer bells of heaven. I mean, everybody else got through praying. That old boy's down there buried in the carpet. Go, God. Go, God. He'd groan and moan. I like to have a run and see it for you. I'm glad God knows the groanings of the heart. Amen. David said, I mourn in my complaints and I make a noise. There's his prayer for defense. But notice something else. You see the peril of death. Notice that in verse number four and five. Notice the foes. Notice what David fears here. He noticed, he said in verse four, my heart is sore pain within me. And the terrors of death are falling upon me. Hey, friend, have you ever been there yet? Have you ever been there when your heart is sore pain? Your heart's breaking. Your heart's aching within. He said, thy heart is sore pain within me. Terrors of death are falling upon me. Look at verse 5 now. Hey, this is a man after God's own heart. This is a man after God's own heart. A fearfulness and trembling. He said, I come upon me. And horror, horror has overwhelmed me. You say that don't sound like a spiritual giant. No, that sounds like an honest man. That sounds like an honest saint of God. Amen. David saying, God, fearfulness tremblings upon me. Oh, God, I don't know what to do. My heart's sore pain. And the terrors of death are falling upon me. And horror hath overwhelmed me. He didn't know what to do. The perils of death were upon him. But notice something else. Notice, if you will, in verse number 6, 7, and 8. Notice now, here's his plea for defense. Here's his plea for defense. And David said, and I said, oh, oh, do you hear it? Oh, oh. Man, I wish I could say what I'm, what I feel in my heart is David said this. Oh, 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 that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly far away and be at rest. He made a plea for deliverance, brother. You know what David's saying? He said, Lord, I'm tired of it. God, I've had a belly full. God, would you get me out of this circumstance? Maybe he saw a little dove fly by. Maybe he saw that dove swift of wing fly away. And he said, God, I wish you'd give me some wings like a dove so I could fly away from my troubles and from this horror and fear and tremblingness. Oh, God, the Holy Ghost began to minister to me that night. How I could never went to sleep the rest of that night. And God began to speak to me from that passage of Scripture. And I said, God, I wish I had wings like a dove so I could fly far away. Hey, have you been saved long enough to be able to say that? Hey, you may not have played that just like David played it. You may not have had all the poetry in it like David did. But I guarantee you there's been times when you said in your heart, Lord, would you get me out of this circumstance? Lord, would you come today? Oh, God, my loved one's sick. My boy's causing me problems. Heartache and heartbreak. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. More those days I was in back in June, I wished that I could fly away. I wanted to fly away, friend. 
I want to fly away and be at rest and be at rest. Oh, I'm glad there's the rest of salvation. I'm glad there's the rest of salvation that you enter into when you get born again. But you know, there remaineth therefore a rest unto the people of God. Amen. Apart from the rest of God and the peace of God, there is no peace in this world. Amen. I mean turmoil and fear and everything on every side. And oftentimes we'll say, oh Lord, would that I had wings like a dove. So I can fly away and be at rest. At rest. And then I got to thinking about those two words, at rest. At rest. At rest from what? At rest. David probably wanted to be at rest from the embarrassment of Absalom on the throne and him having to run. At rest from all the problems that plagued him. At rest. Boy, I got to thinking about that that night. Here's what God the Holy Ghost gave me in the wee hours of the morning. I said, Lord, I'd like to be at rest. There's some things I'd like to be at rest from. When I got to thinking about it, the first one that came to my mind was, I'd like to be at rest from perverted wickedness. I'd like to be at rest from perverted wickedness. Listen to me, friend. Now, I'm not angry at the sinner. Don't take it that way. I love the sinner more than I've ever loved the sinner. And I want to have compassion on the sinner. But listen to me. We live in an age and an hour of perverted wickedness like never before. Well, hey, I tell you, Brother Joe, if you're a little boy, a little girl gets a little older. It's mine are getting older and see what they're facing. I, I say, oh, God, so much pervertedness on every side. Did you ever think you'd live to see it like this, men? That women, you that are gray-headed, your hair's turned the color of frost. Did you ever think you'd live to see a day when there was open homosexuality and lesbianism and incest and rape and murder and robbery and crime on every street corner, in every town, everywhere you go, perverted wickedness. And I'm going to tell you, since God saved me, friend, and put a new nature inside me, I ain't never fit into this world. I don't like all the pornography. I don't like all the perversion. I just don't fit in this world. You ever gone to work? Sure you have, me and you went to work. You went to a job from a good Sunday night service. Go Monday morning to work and get in there and work at that factory. I'm on all that cussing and pornography and blasphemy and walk out that afternoon and wish you could go somewhere and take a good bath. Just like the wash all that junk off of you. Don't you ever feel like that? Wouldn't you like to get away from all the perverted wickedness in this world? Hey, friend. Hey, I can't tell you nothing you don't know, man. This is Atlanta. This is Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, yes. When everything goes, they say in Atlanta. Everything goes. I was preaching just here a while back down in Florida. And I made mention of this. When I begin to read what I'm going to read to you tonight, there was two people there in the military that came to me and said, this, what you're reading, they live right down below us. Perverted wickedness on every side. Now, just listen to what I'm about to show you. This is just a, two or three Sundays ago. I was reading off the New Sentinel. Just one page. You say the other side of the, uh, just one page is what I was on here. Here it talks about Mary Barry up there. 
I mean, a dope smoke. And listen to me, cocaine snorting that mayor in, up there up north, he's just guilty. It, we, they found him guilty. They, they had video of it. That because of race and because of politics, he's got to, if it had been me and you, they'd have stuck us up in the jail and buried us. You know that's the truth. Here it talks about Barry seeks time for healing instead of a retrial. And here it shows overseas a masked man. And there lays one of his neighbors dead. He shot him with a rifle. Did you know there's over 40 wars going on right now across the world? Wide wars and rumors of wars. Then I went down here and it said controversial new AIDS drug being tested. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS on every side. Hey, friend, if they told us, if they told us what they absolutely know, it'd put the United States of America in a panic. I mean, we'd panic before morning if they told us all they know, buddy. I'm telling you, friend. And then it goes down here and said four killed as an earthquake hits Ecuador. And then down here it said that rude lyrics lead to bands arrest. And it talks about down in Hollywood, Florida, three members of the New York rock group. And talks about their two live crews album. As nasty as you want to be. A filthy, perverted, I mean, listen, wicked, filthy talk. And it talks about there how that the lewd lyrics lead to the band being arrested. And I saw in the paper yesterday that they they had got a guy and they convicted him for selling that album. They made it against the law and he sold it. And there he sat with his hands in his face and crocodile tears running between his fingers. And he's wishing that they hadn't found him guilty. I'm going to tell you something, friend, that perverted wickedness. But you think all that's just what took the cake. It says right here, newborn reportedly killed and fed the dog. I couldn't believe what my eyes read. And I preached in Florida, and there was a couple there that said, Preacher, we live up there. They live right down below us. Here's what happened. A 19-year-old daddy took his six-year-old, six-day-old son, throwed him to the floor, and murdered him, killed him. And then he took a razor blade and dissected him up, put him in a bowl for the German Shepherd dog to eat. And the dog ate the newborn baby six days old. Hey, you say, well, you ought not talk about all that. It's perverted wickedness, a demonic wickedness on every, every side, everywhere you turn, everywhere you go. I say, oh, God, give me some wings like a dove so I can fly away and get out of this mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. You better hear me. They're after your children. They're after your grandchildren. Over a million children turn up missing every year. A million turn up missing. Solely watch lately. Many sold to homosexual partners to use in sexual abuse. I'm going to tell you something, friend. All that cuts the grain the wrong way in my heart. Amen. Perverted wickedness. It gets to me. Now I think about how wicked and how dirty and how, how awful. Oh. Someone inside of me says, oh, that I had wings like a dove and a flower. Amen. Perverted wickedness. But then I got to thinking about, too, that night as I sat there with God. Something else hit me. I got to thinking about the pressure of worldliness. 
perverted wickedness, yes, but then there's the pressure of words. Well, we're under the pressure. We're under the pressure. Hey, look up here, parents. We're under the pressure. I never knew what pressure was. We've got to give us our children, and they're getting on up now. See, we homeschooled them to this year. We homeschooled them, Barbara taught them. But this year, we sent them to the best Christian school in all of Knoxville, Tennessee. And you wouldn't believe the kind of pressure my children's already been put under. And they come home and say, well, Daddy, so-and-so wears that. Daddy, so-and-so goes there. Daddy, why can't I? Why, you parents know what I'm talking about. The pressure of this old world system as it tries to mold us and make us. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You say, preacher, you're daydreaming. You're fantasizing. I know the Bible said we're in the world, but the Bible said we're not of the world. Amen, brother. The Bible said, wherefore, come ye out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. And there's pressure, a pressure from every side. Don't you get tired of it? You feel it? You feel it on the job? Do you feel it around your family members that not, listen, they're not saved and they don't live for God? That, and you go to the Thanksgiving meetings, you go to the Christmas get-togethers, and buddy, that puts a pressure on you. A pressure of words coming from every side. I was preaching the other night, and I said, I tell you what, I'm just 38 years old, be 39 in December, but I said, I still want to be an old-time Christian. I said, I want to be an old-time Christian. Amen. And I got to preaching about old-time religion. You remember that old song? That, give me that old-time religion. Amen. That, brother, that's the kind God gave me, that, and that's the kind I want to maintain for you. That, there's pressure, that pressure from the world. It's like a bean in a pressure cooker. It's all pressure, pressure, pressure. Hey, if you don't think there ain't something, you travel by yourself. Try to live for God. Sleep in motel rooms, demon infested. I believe every one of them demon infested. Uh, I mean, everything in the world, you man, you try to live for God and all them voices coming through. Well, hey, all this pressure of the world. And there's a lot of pressure on you young folks. There's a lot of you who want, want to live for God. You want to do right, but there's pressure on you. Pressure on you. Makes me say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. Pressure of worldliness. Got to thinking that night sitting there. God seemingly give me this. But I can use it right here. You don't take it the wrong way. But I'm talking about preacher weightiness. And I ain't talking about the cow me and Brother Clint's guy. I'm talking about, listen to me, preacher weightiness. What are you talking about? Hey, friend, how many preachers are here, not male preachers? Male preachers? Male preachers? Here tonight. How many of you have ever pastored? Two. Now, I've been in full-time evangelism 15 years. Listen to me. I remember I was thinking about Brother Joe talking to me about his daddy yesterday. He said, pray for daddy. He said, he's going through it. Going through it up in the mountain. And I got to think about my daddy. Things he went through that's a church. Hey, folks, there is, listen, there is such weight on your preachers. Such, such weight you don't understand. You see, you have your set of problems. You have your set of problems. And you might hear about one or two others' problems, but that's all. But you see, everybody dumps a load right up there. Everybody calls him. Everybody tells him. Everybody pours it out on him. 
I remember, I remember Daddy one time in a meeting at the church. He died, he died, had a heart attack at the house. He grabbed his heart, went to breathing heavy, couldn't get his breath. Man, I said, Dad, let me run to the hospital. No, and I'll be all right. He said, just let me get my breath. And he was there for a while, and he went on. And, of course, I part of it, I was driving, I was driving the whole family crazy, lost, wicked without God. But they were some church folk that got crossways, got messed up. Then he went on the revival that night at church, at church, doing the singing. My daddy fell out in the middle of the floor, and they had to tow him off up there, carry him to the hospital, and they called me and said they think he's had a massive stroke. You know what it was all over? The weight of the ministry. The pressure of the ministry, brother. Hey, I guarantee you, my daddy's many times. I guarantee you, brother Joe, our days. Oh, my daddy went home, and I guarantee your daddy has said in one way or another, Oh, God, I wish you'd give me wings like a dove, and I can fly away and be at rest. Be at rest. Hey, Brother Joe not only carries the weight here. Listen, God's using him in evangelism. God's using him. God's got his hand on him. If you can't see that, you're blind. And I ain't trying to make no offense to nobody, but if you can't see that God's hand's on this preacher here, you're blind as a bat flying backwards for him. That God's got his hand on Brother Joe. God's using him. And then he's got the weight out there. See, preachers don't have nobody else to go to. And they'll take an evangelist. And they'll tell you their problems. He's got yours and theirs. And there's a heavy load on A heavy load on He's a young man. I know he's young. But hey, friend, they buried many of a young preacher. They buried many of a young man of God. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Put your weightiness. Oh, yes. I thought about what Paul said. Paul said, beaten to the Jews. I'm not in the day of a spit in the deep. Thrice beaten with rods. And he went on, he went on, and on. He said, and besides that, all the cares of churches. All the cares. Put your weightiness. Let me give you the illustration. Look up here, don't you? Go, go pray in that. Anytime pray. Look up here. I was at a hospital the other day. Any of y'all know Brother Roy Gibson? Brother Roy Gibson, great man of God. Oh, Brother Roy, I sent the hospital with him another night. His wife, Sister Betty's dying of cancer. They found out then when they, that day that she had it in her liver. And Brother Mike called me, and I was going to meet. He said, Brother Buster, what are you getting ready to do? And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to time off this week. That's the week that's off. He said, I, I, I said, I think I'm going to go here Tom Hayes. He said, well, once you come out of the hospital, we found out Mama's got it in her liver now. I hung the phone up, went to get ready, walked back in, got him back, and said, Brother Mike, I'll be right over there. I'll be right there now. And I got over there, and there wasn't no, hey, guess who was there? Nobody. You listen to me, a preacher that had pastored for years, a preacher that had preached for years. You know how many of his deacons was that? None. You know how many of his lay people were sitting in there with him and Sister Betty? None. I walked in there. I, walked, and I was already in a fix anyway, the way I was in, the condition I was in. And I said, where's the church? I said, where's the ladies? Where's the men? The Lord shook his head, tears coming down his eyes. And I told Brother Mike, I said, this ain't fair. I said, this ain't right. I said, man of God, give his life. Great burdens and weights. He said, what'd you do about it? I couldn't do nothing that night. About a week later, some of his folk was in a revival meeting where I was preaching. And it just happened one of his deacons was sitting on the front row. And I'll tell you, blessed be God, I loaded his wagon to the hill, brother. I loaded it to the hill. I said, I was up there. None of you was up there with your pastor. I, tell me you love him. I said, you bunch of lying devils. I said, you need to get right with God. Yeah. 
Preach your worthiness. Preach your worthiness. Hey, I've been preaching that this when I have near June. I've been preaching since January 1. Every week. Every week and every weekend. And as Brother Lover said to me, and I reckon I just clashed. I just fell apart. And then he slipped down. And I was trying to, I got a folder and I came with me in my briefcase and I tried to pray for folk. I asked them to give me the names of their loved ones. Preachers all across the country called me. Problems, problems, problems. And I was trying to pray for all of them. I still do. I still do. And all the way to the front. And the devil's come by and said, hey boy, they don't know about care about you. They don't know about care about you. And I got to believe in them. I got to believe in them. You listen to me? I got to believe in them. And I said, I turned on the porch that night. It was a starlit night. My family was asleep. And I looked out across the fields. was a little four and five year old boy. I used to run and play. And I said, dear Lord, I said, Lord, I didn't know life could be so complicated. I didn't know life could carry so many loads and weights. I was making a complaint. I'll be honest, I was a mourner. He didn't complain. I wasn't complaining of him at all. But I was complaining to him. I said, Lord, so many people are hurting. I know preachers whose wives are left them. I know folk in trouble so much. So much. Yes, no, Lord. Oh, oh, would you give me some wings like a dove so I could fly away? I was broken. I ain't never been broke like I was broken again. I story of waiting. Hey. Y'all sing that song a while ago about there's a miracle in me. Well, you're sitting in a miracle tonight. You're sitting in a miracle. Look around and see what God's done right here. Here's a miracle. Here's a miracle. But you know, some people's got the audacity. They got the unmitigated gall. They got the stinking guts to run down this precious preacher. Running down. Running down. I kept me here a while back. I just buried my heart. You hang on with you. Let's just listen to me for once. Let me bury my heart. They kept me here a while back. And then run up to me in evangelist. He said, I tell you one thing, I ain't gonna compromise to get to meetings. I ain't gonna compromise to get to meetings. It hurt. Lord hurt. Friend, brother, hey man, I ain't about it, Christian. I can hurt too. Pain, my heart pained me. Got up that night and said, Isn't it amazing? So a few years ago, I didn't have no meetings. Everybody said I couldn't preach. Now I got a book up, and now I'm a compromiser. Said you can't please everybody. Hey, hey. And I guarantee you folks that run this man of God to you, hey, you can't please everybody. 
Some folk wouldn't be satisfied if a thousand joined every Sunday morning. Bunch of mumbling and grumbling and complaining. It's the word of God don't kill half the Baptist I know. For mumbling and grumbling and complaining. I ought to have been the first to be shot. I ought to have been the first to be buried that night. Amen. Well, I'll be glad you got a preacher God's using. And ain't nobody paying me to say nothing, so button your lips. Ain't nobody paying me to say nothing. I just bad in my heart. I remember Daddy, God bless him, about 40, 35, 40 meetings a year. Trying to pastor that church, had 300 radio broadcasts. Run and burn again at both ears. There's always a crowd sitting around didn't do a blessed thing. But I tell you what, he ought to be a pastor to us. He was a pastor to him. Loved him and prayed for him. Come home to bury him. Come home to the sick. Some folk ain't never satisfied. I'm talking about pastoral weightiness. Man, I just be on my knees buckled. My shoulders weren't big enough to carry it then. I said, oh God, my heart's praying to me. Terrors of death, that's how I felt. I didn't know what was going to happen. Man, the devil had me convinced I could smell the roses and hear the singing. My children standing there without a daddy. I thought I was dying. You know what? I went to my church. Brother Clint, I went to my old church on Wednesday night. I walked in there. Some of the brethren was looking at me like, well, what are you doing here? Preaching, I preached. And they didn't probably think that. But see, the enemy had me believing everything. The enemy had me believing things. It wasn't even true. Oh, you listen tonight. God's trying to speak to us. Your preacher carries a heavy load. Oh, Moses stood there that day and Aaron heard. Got a leave aside and held his hands up. How would the God God give Brother Joe some more errands and hers and hold his hands up? Say, preacher, on, preacher, go on, preacher, go on. We're with you, preacher. We'll help you. We'll scotch. We'll pray. Hey, man, get your head up. Some of you look like an egg-sucking dog. You look like you're guilty. You look like you're guilty to me. Oh, that story awaits. Make you want to say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. He said, ain't nobody else ever felt like that. Yeah, they were lied you did. But I said, God, you go ahead and kill me. I'm the only one left. That's how I felt that night. I thought all of you compromised quit. I thought I was the only one living. The only one serving. Damn, I felt like that. He said, oh, I had a wayfaring place in the wilderness. A lodging place out there for wayfaring. Then when we could go and get away. I wanted to get away so bad. Then something else that night, God, give me his eyes praying and read and meditating that night. 
There's something else I'd like to be at rest from. Oh, Lord God, I'd like to be at rest from this. Past wretchedness. Past wretchedness. He said, but Brother Buster, I heard you preach on how you're justified in the blood of the Lord. That's right. Preach, I've heard you preach how your sins are taken away. They're in the sea of God's forgetfulness. They're as far as the east is from the west. And that's right. Listen, that's right. Judicially, listen, judicially in God's judgment hall. That's right. He sees me in Christ. Hallelujah. You don't see me like I am. He sees me in Christ. Sees me in Christ. But wait a minute. I get in a good meeting like this. Now I'll do good for a while, just like some of you. Hey, we have problems with past wretchedness. Watch this. Boy, we'll be we'll be in a good meeting. Hallelujah. Glory to God and the Lamb, buddy. But then after a while, a few days later, a week or so later, you kind of hear something. You hear something. You turn around. You hear something coming down the hall behind you. It's tied to you. It's the claim of change. You see, God don't remember. God can't even remember our sins. Let me tell you something. You ain't never going to forget. You ain't never going to forget what you were, where you've been. Temporarily, I do. Temporarily, I get the Holy Ghost meeting. I forget everything. You caught up. It won't be long, buddy, like hear them change back up. You see, they were hammered out. They were hammered out with God's hammer of justice. They were hammered out on the anvil of God's holiness. And they were forged. They're forged in our minds. That's where they're at. They're there. David said, I, I acknowledge my sin. I, I confess my sin. But God, it's ever before me. I acknowledge my transgression. He said, but my sin is ever before me. Where's it at, David? It's in my mind. It's in my mind. You ever been riding down the road? Look up here. You ever been riding down the road? You riding down the road and all of a sudden. You see that motel? Remember that motel? See that bar? You remember that bar? Yeah. See that man? See that woman? Boy, it comes, don't it? My Lord, there it comes. This is true, brother. I woke up in the middle of the night motel room in a cold sweat. In a cold sweat. Saying, God, don't let it be so. God, don't let it be so. Past wretchedness caught up with me and my dreams. And you're going to reap what you sow. You hear me? You're going to reap what you sow. It'll follow you to the grave. I tell you, buddy, I'm preaching from my heart tonight. Here a while back in a meeting, I said, on Sunday night, I got through close to the house. Got through preaching Sunday night, and I preached on having a burden, and I got under a burden myself. I took the family home, changed most sweaty clothes, put on just a non-pulpit attire, just put on some casual clothes, and said, I'm going to go see Bob. You said, well, who's Bob? Bob's an old drunk. Bob's 45, 45, 47 years old, no drunk. I mean, scars all over. He's got a steel plate in his head. I mean, one of the meanest men you've ever met in that area. I mean, would shoot you just at the blink of an eye. I, I grew up with those boys. They got under burden for old Bob. 
I went over there that night and got to his house. And it was Sunday night. He'd been fixing horseshoes all evening, and they gamble over there and pitch horseshoes on Sunday and drink. He was about three sheets in the wind when I got there. When I got there, I couldn't see nobody, and I looked in the wind, and there he was at the table. He had a he had a couple of ears of corn he was eating, some beans or something, and I could tell there was beer cans everywhere, and I could tell by the look of his eyes he was about gone. You know what I did? I just opened the door. said, hey, Robert, Bobby Joe. He said, hey, Bubba, come on in. That's what he called me. He said, what'd you do, Preacher? I walked in there, and I just kind of eased them beer cans over the side and set my duck of tea down. And I said, Bobby Joe, I said, don't talk to you, Bob. He said, Bubba, what's up? I said, Bob, I'm burning for you. Won't you see you get saved? Won't you go to church with me? And he said, Bubba, he got teary-eyed, you know, and he said, Bubba, I'll go. I'll go with you one night. I'll go. About that time, the door opened. Here come a man. Here come a man in. He didn't have much clothes on. He had a lady friend with him that's pulling a little old boy. And they came in there, and they threw a six-pack down on the table. He sat down there. He was a younger man, about 25. Bobby Joe said, hey! He said, you know who this is here? That boy bowed his head. He said, yeah, I've heard of him. He said, that's Preacher Satan. Preacher Buster Satan. Bobby said, yeah. Bobby Joe said, yeah, but I know Bubba when he wasn't a preacher. He said, let me tell you a few things we used to do. Boy, there come them chains. Them chains. You got to rattling. I said, Bob, I'm going to be praying for you now. I'll call you later on. I got to go. I got to go. Do you ever hear him? Do you ever hear him? You ever hear him behind you? Yeah. I hear him. I hear him. I'll tell you, there's been many a time I've said in my heart, in the, that same place of speaking, oh, that I had wings like a dove. So I could fly away and be at rest from my past. Wicked, wretched. Listen to me, young people. They tried to tell me, and I wouldn't listen. Don't get in sin. Don't live in sin. Don't give place to the devil. Don't get involved, and you won't have the scars upon your mind and body. I'm coming to a close now. I'm closing. Now I thought that night as I was sitting there, I gave, it seemed like I had one more thought come to my mind. I am such. I, and if you knew me like I really know me, you'd get up and run out that door. You wouldn't listen to me, please. But now, wait a minute. If I knew you like you really know you, I might not want to preach to you. Hey, don't run out too quick now. Hey, so the flesh is as wicked, filthy, and vile, and rotten as it ever has been. And I battle it from sun up to sundown and battle it in my dreams. Oh, yeah. They tell me that during the days of Paul and those early Christians, if a man killed another man back then, some of the times they'd make them have the punishment for the crime was they'd take that dead cop body and they'd strap its arms around its neck, strap his legs around it. You had to carry that dead body on you till its carcass rotted off of your back. Sit down to eat with it there. Get up and go on that dead body hanging on you. They'd make you carry that dead body till it rotted off of you. 
how my flesh smells tonight. Oh, it's awful. Precious weakness. I get weak from the burden. I get weak from the battle. Don't you? Don't you? I see so many broken homes and broken hearts. I hear so many people crying, help, help. I'm so weak. Seems like sometimes I can't do nothing. I, I can't help them like I won't help them. Present weakness. I read the other day, I was reading, doing some reading, there was a writing there about a German graveyard years ago in Germany. And on the tombstone, the epitaph read, Oh Christ, I will arise when thou callest. But then it said, Oh, but let me rest a little while, for I'm so weary. I said, old soldier. I said, old soldier. I think I know just a little bit about what you're talking about. I'm just bearing my heart to you, man. Hey, you any stronger than Paul? You want to jump to your feet tonight and say, I'm better than Paul? Paul. Oh, Paul the Apostle, probably one of the greatest men that ever put on shoes apart from the Lord. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. I'm wretched. I'm wretched. He said, preacher, you're just dreaming about having wings like a dove. Preacher, you know you can't get wings like a dove. But here, I, went, I finally went to bed. It's early in the morning, I guess. And I got up early. God woke me up early. And I got up to go in there and try to pray. And I was in there praying in our bathroom. There's a window there. I just stood there at the window. It seemed like God said, just, just look out the window. Behind my house is a railroad tracks. They've been, we've been doing some yard work and grass seed sown and, and the straw. God just seemed to say, stand here a minute and watch. I stood there. Guess what happened? Down from a big old pine. coming down. Oh, little dove. Holy Ghost said, watch, son. I just stood there and watched that little old dove. I almost thought I could hear him cooing out there. He's picking up that grass seed in there just eating. Just so innocent. Just that little dove, so peaceful. And all of a sudden, I couldn't tell if it was a plane or a hawk or what it was. There's a shadow across that dove. And just like that, that dove was gone. <laughs> it was gone. Right back up in that big pine tree where he found the refuge. He found some shelter. Here's what the Holy Ghost said to me. <laughs> said, son, I can't give you wings like a dove, but I put a dove in you. There's a dove in you, boy. There's a dove who lives within you, who can wing you. Wing you all the way into the presence of a holy God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, revival broke out in my soul. The honey bucket got turned over. Amen. I'm glad. Listen, friend. In prayer, in the secret place, God can give us wings like a dove and let us fly away into the third heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. 
David said, as for me, I will call upon the name of the Lord. In the morning and at noon, for I pray he shall hear me. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. David said, I found me some wings like a dove. I found it. Sing that song. 